to Russell. Thank you to the folks up in Cragsmore. And now we also want to thank listeners Jeff and Sue in New Orleans. Thank you so much for uh, checking in and making this happen. We also want to thank our challenger for the news time that helped us get to this point. We raised well over $500 during All Things Considered. And that's a glow painting. And thank you so much again to a glow painting and a glow services is based in Highland Township, serving Sullivan County, New York, Wayne County, PA, offering interior and exterior painting along with project and property management. More information at a glow painting.com. This is WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. We got the local edition coming up right now. I will tell you the weather quick though, just so you know what that is. Um, it's what happens uh, in the air with the atmosphere and the rain and stuff. And there is rain on the way. Cloudy with periods of rain tonight, overnight low down to 49. Uh, chance of rain is 80%. So rain is likely steady rain tomorrow morning. Showers continue in the afternoon with a high of 52. And uh, the chance of rain kind of drops off by tomorrow night, but it will be overcast and cool with an overnight low of 41. This is Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Radio Catskill. Well, hello, hello. This is Radio Catskills Local Edition, broadcasting live from our studios in Liberty, New York. I'm Jason Dole, filling in for Patricio Rabayo this Friday evening. Coming up, we'll learn about a, a play that's actually a work in progress. It's an interactive rehearsal workshop for the play Half-Life. We'll talk to co-director Caroline Bailey coming up about the play it's happening this Sunday at HPAC. But first, where we usually start on a Friday, we check in with Shongunk Journal reporter Chris Rowley to see what's going on in Ellenville and Ulster County. And what's going on is this week, the NAACP of Ellenville held a candidates forum. Here's what Chris Rowley had to say about that. They had candidates forum for, uh, for election seasons. And uh, this year, it, they had a team candidates came covering everything from uh, state Supreme Court uh, positions that brought down judges and lawyers from uh, Albany through to an Ulster County district attorney race to races for two of the Ulster County legislative seats, 14th and 15th, and then town board seats, two seats on the town of Washington town board, and then the, may- the mayoral contest and then a contest for seats for trustee positions on the board of, uh, at Ellenville. Quite a, quite a, a, a wide uh, a range of things. Brought a pretty big crowd into the, the public room at the Ellenville Public Library and Museum, and it had a dramatic conclusion as well, which we'll get to in a moment. But to start, they started with the, the justices from Albany, so we'll skip over them because that's, probably the least interesting <laughs> of the things. The district attorney race was is interesting, and that pits two pretty well-known figures, prosecutors. On the one hand, you have Dan Kavanaugh, 
who is the has the Republican and the conservative lines. And he only lost by a handful of votes last time around to Dave Clegg. Meanwhile, this time around, he's opposed by Manny Neji, who was originally from Nigeria and is a completely a classic American immigrant story. Arriving here as a young person, putting himself through school, working two jobs and all that kind of thing, and getting some assistance at the critical point, one critical point, and, and then becoming a, a really red-hot prosecutor in Ulster County. And so they both noted that they've done everything in terms of prosecution, and Medji has done every kind of crime, all, all the violent crimes, gang crimes, you name it, drug crimes, two complex financial crimes. So he's got a broad palette. Kavanaugh counted that he's done all that too, but he has the experience of defending clients because he was a defender for a while, a defense attorney. Those two are battling. That will be interesting to see if that goes to the wire again. That was good. Then on the county legislative seats, we had from the 14th, which is essentially part of, it's a really gerrymandered district. It's got a section in Woolworthing, and then it crosses the ridge, the mountain, and comes down into Shongam for Walker Valley on that side. And it therefore has a tilt to the Republicans, and Craig Lopez has held it for quite a while. Craig couldn't come last night, nor could John Gavaris, who represents the 15th, because they were actually at a county legislative meeting that they couldn't skip. Um, but Kelly Palinkas Greer, who's running on the uh, Democratic line, uh, she was there to uh, pitch for her place uh, on, on the 14th. She's running against Lopez. And there's a little complicated story there about Lopez because he actually lost the Republican line due to an administrative bungle. It's just nuts. But he's running anyway and has good name recognition, so I don't think he has to worry. But Kelly Palinkas Greer is running, and she has she's pushing. And, and everybody said this basically. Everybody said housing. Okay, so that is our issue for our whole area right now. Everyone is aware that there isn't enough housing, and she made the killer point that her own daughter had to leave the area, had to leave the region because housing here is not affordable for a young person. There we go. Meanwhile, Dan McQuillan, McQuillian, sorry, appeared. He on the Republican line. He's opposing John Gavaris, the Democrat, who holds the 15th. And he made the point that he's a local. He started off at school in Mappanock and then went to Ellenville High School. And then he went and became a Marine when he was only 17 and served on the Osprey program. So he made all those points. And it's a little difficult because that district leans Democrat, no question. But John Gavaris could not contend, but he did send a statement. Um, that he's been in, I mean, Gavaris is government writ large. He, he started off very young as a trustee in Allenville. Uh, he's been on the town board. He said, he said he's basically been 23 years at Allenville Regional Hospital in administration roles. Here's somebody who knows how it all works. And he's done great work for for a village and and a town. And now he's working at with the county. So he made his point points. And then we got down to getting a little more local. But before we got there, he's running on a post for, to get a full county executive term. And she just limbed through things that she's been doing. And she has been, all of us down here in Allenville, we all say she's been a game changer because while Pat Ryan was friendly and always appeared at election times, we didn't seem 
to see too much from him, except when there was something really grand to announce, like the Costco Labs uh, choice of uh, the trade property for their potential uh, enormous growth facility. So Metzger has shown a lot more concern about the far-flung parts of Ulster County. That's and, and, and Ulster County is spread out that way. If you're over in Milton or Marlborough, you feel like you're in a different world because you're in the Hudson Valley, really there, the river's there. If you're in Platicule, you might feel a little far away from anything. And it's the same in Ellenville where She came down and she laid out what she's planning to do. And, and of course, she mentioned that there'll be money for the Trudy Farber building in Ellenville, which needs a new roof and needs money for more programming. So anyway, she made her point, and then it moved on to the town council seats, which are interesting this time. Running this time, we have Democrats against the incumbent Republicans, and that's Paul Tazzolino and uh, and Cassie Spohr. Tazzolino lost the Republican line to Jeremy Hull, and Jeremy Hull did not come to the NAACP thing. He did not appear, and he didn't appear at the last candidates gathering either. What that's about, I don't know. But anyway, Tazzolino is campaigning hard because he doesn't have that R line. And he, he's done quite a lot of things for the town. He comes from the IT telecommunications world. He was a sales manager there, quite a major budget. And he, he basically got the town of Washington's IT really up to speed and cranked through. And it saved them about $70,000 in costs by moving to in more modern and more less expensive uh, uh, software and, and, and various kinds of telephone systems. So that's his pitch. Cassie Spore has been a workhorse uh, in her three years on, on that board. She has been given lots and lots of jobs, <laughs> and she has really done a great job steering the Woolworthing Water District, the new one that has been financed by New York City DEP, because they're going to shut off the, the aqueduct. The West Branch vehicle aqueduct will be shut down. And when that happens, they don't really want to go through whatever happens <laughs> in terms of wells going dry and everything else underneath a stretch of property along Route 209. So instead, New York City came up with $22 million for a new water district, which is... <clears throat> that illustrates a couple of things to me. One, New York City has money. <laughs> $22 million. That That's a budget buster in any county outside of the big cities in New York State. And they just did that. Bang. And also, it's going to be a great thing for the people along that corridor, the 209 corridor, who have signed up for it. Now they get deep surface water, uh, and they get water that's coming from the aquifer, and it was very clean, and they don't have to worry about their well anymore because they can forget it. That one, Cassie Spoor brought that into all along, and she's proud of that, and it's just about done. And it was a beloved councillor, Steve Bradley's dream and his work, and she took it over and has brought it home uh, in style. That's them, but running against her, we have Johnny Frost and Joe Steckler, the junior, the third, and Johnny Frost is an executive at Ford. He's relatively new, a relative newcomer here. However, he brings with him executive suite experience, the like of which we don't have. Yeah, he, he's, he's dealing with a $250 million budget of which he controls $26 million. He's He's in a slightly different area on that kind of thing. 
and he promises to bring the skills that he's learned and adopted uh, at Ford to uh, the Canville Warsing's municipal governance, which maybe will be a good thing. Casolino has done a great job, you know, so if you're bringing in someone who's got similar set of skills but at a higher level, that might be great. Anyway, that's Johnny Frost. And then Joe Steckler um, Jr. is, let's see, well, his dad was the his dad was the village manager kind of part-time for a while, well-known figure in the village. His dad and his granddad had the Steckler Real Estate, and he's working there. He was away for 10 years, but he came back four years ago, and he's been familiarizing himself with stuff. And I see him on the village planning board, too. So he's, he's getting down to the nuts and bolts of, of what's going on in the village and how it all works. And it's, that's really where it's all at, folks. If you want to get to know what's happening in your township, go to your planning boards. If you go there for a year or so, you will really understand what's happening. So that's that. That will be an interesting race, what to see. What the, the Steckler name is a very well-known one. Spoor has done great work. Johnny Frost is a high-flying exec. And uh, Paul Tazzolino has done great work, too. That will be an interesting one. We will be watching to see what happens. Then we got to the mayoral contest in Allenville, and that, too, is interesting. Jeff Kaplan has been mayor for about since 2002, so more than 20 years. He inherited... It's sad. When you come in and the franchise collapses, <laughs> you don't go down as one of the great managers. But he's had a hard role because as soon as he was there... Trade closed, and shortly after that, Hydro closed down the VAW aluminium smelter, and that basically ripped the guts out of out of Allenville. And then the Neverly kind of died as well, and it's been a kind of a dark decade since. The light is beginning to gleam on the horizon with Crushco Labs and their potential 300 plus jobs, and of course we have Keith Rubenstein and the Neverly project which could be a huge transforming project for the whole region. And that has now moved to the point where they have actually bought the property. Jeff has been the unfortunate thing, having been through the dark period, and now the team is getting some new pitching, and the bullpen's got a new master, and it's about to challenge the damn Astros. Sorry, I didn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> get back into the thing. This will, be, this will be interesting because Kaplan is running again, and running against him is Evan Trent, who, for no fault of his own, has the R line. He's really running as an independent. Okay, and that seems to be the, the end of the segment with uh, Chris Rowley. This is Radio Catskill, we're public radio for the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Stay with us. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. There's always a story behind the music, how the song was written, why the song was written. I'm Kathy Geary. Join me for Now and Then. Now and then, Saturday afternoons at 3 on Radio Catskill. Listen local. 
And Kathy Geary will be here tomorrow for Now and Then. Jesse Blue will be in for Jambalaya. And coming up tonight, we've got local music DJs going to be live in person in our studios as well. Jason Tuga from the Mixtape here at 7. Cassie Carlson uh, with the Rare Pair Radio at 8. And we're going to be looking for your support through those programs. And we're looking for your support right now. Why? Because it is our fall fun drive, our fall fun drive here and we're trying to get to halfway of the funds that we need to raise uh, by the sometime on Monday because that'll be just over halfway of the time that we have to raise it. Fun Drive is ending next Saturday, and we're about a third of the way to our $50,000 goal. Every little bit helps, and however much of a bit you've got to give, be it little or large, let us know what it is. Give what you can now and support public radio, 845-482-4141, or donate online at wjffradio.org. Radio Catskill supporters include Sullivan Catskills Visitors Association, SullivanCatskills.com, Catskill Brewery, brewing ales, lagers, and mixed fermentation beers in a LEED Gold certified building, plus a food truck and beer garden at exit 96 off Route 17 in Livingston Manor, CatskillBrewery.com, and listeners like you who donate at WJFFRadio.org. Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Welcome back to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dolt. This Sunday afternoon at HPAC, they're inviting the audience to help shape the final production of an interactive rehearsal workshop that explores memory and memory loss, the toll that lost memory takes on families and communities, and what shines through when memory fades. Half-Life is the name of the play. It takes place in a nursing home and revolves around two elderly residents, Clara and Patrick, who met and fall in love, rekindling what may have been a wartime romance that neither can quite remember. And joining us now to talk about this performance is Caroline Bailey, co-director of it. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So um, was that an accurate description, interactive rehearsal workshop for a play? Uh, what what exactly is that? How is that different than a regular performance? Well, it's a good question. Um, so over the years, uh, I've developed a style of rehearsing for plays which evolve around serious, significant social issues. Um, and in this case, we're talking about, you know, memory loss, aging, dementia, looking after our elders and so on where um, I invite participation from the community to help develop the characters, the themes of the play, and actually shape the production itself. Um, we draw our inspiration from Augusto Gowal, who created something called Theatre of the Oppressed, and the techniques that we use draw from the idea that, you know, the communities have lived these experiences and have so many more ideas and um, notions to share, and sometimes the actors haven't lived those. So in the past, for example, I've worked with victims of domestic abuse or young teenage moms, and, you know, working with those people and helping them almost be the directors of the actors, at least in part of the rehearsal sequence, gives the the play a depth um, and beauty that we would not normally have. It also lends itself the potential of, of kind of bringing this up as a discussion point 
and a kind of an interesting way of engaging with community. So the workshop on and Sunday is, is all of the above. Our performance is not until December, um, but you know we'll be rehearsing and we'll be inviting participation to take part in some of these interesting ways that we develop character and themes within the show. And it's great. Do you want to talk about uh, some of the folks uh, that are involved and how it got to uh, HPAC at, at this stage? Sure. Well, we're very lucky that um, Helleville Point Arts Centre saw the potential of what we were doing and, you know, collaborated with us on this venture. Um, you know, they have a, a wonderful thing called a senior cinema every month and they, you know, bus in people who wouldn't normally be able to go to see a movie. And so they're very interested in seniors anyway. And so when we said we were interested in doing this almost like a community program and not just a theatre production, they were really, really keen to join us. And so we're going to be performing in their beautiful ballroom space, um, and which is also where we have the rehearsal workshop on Sunday, and, and we're rehearsing in there. Um, uh, you know, it's a non-traditional. We don't use the senior march. It's in the round. Um, the community and the audience are very much sort of feel like they're part of what's going on. Um, we're very lucky to also have a cast of local actors, I know often people feel like they've got to bring in talent from elsewhere, but when you just look around you and ask the questions, you find there's so much talent here. We have, you know, mums who perhaps haven't acted for a few years because they've taken time off to have their kids, or perhaps we have people who used to be Broadway stars or TV show stars and haven't acted for a few years because they're a little bit older. Um, and we've managed to get together a fa fabulous cast um, for this show, including several who are seniors themselves. And and that's no mean feat to remember your lines. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to talk about who some of those folks are? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Cass Collins, Bill Williams, Elizabeth Hope Williams, James Sullivan, Lexi McKenty, um, Thomas Cambridge, Cynthia Chris. Jim Statton, and each one of them has their own, you know, history and background. Um, some of them have been uh, in local shows. Um, many of them, as I say, have a kind of a history of acting, and all of them bring a really, really unique vision to this work. And um, I should mention my husband, Eric Feinblatt, who's also co-directing with me. The two of us have done a lot of work, mostly overseas. Um, we, he's, he's been... Um, a local kind of commuter um, until some years back. We, we we actually moved here from Australia uh, six years ago. So we're full-time residents here, but I'm from England. I've had experience with theatre in Canada, Australia, and England, but this is going to be my first show in the U.S. Um, but both of us have done a lot of work in different countries using different techniques, and we're very excited to be bringing our work to, to this local area. And is this a, a production of standing people together? Yes, that's correct. So um, our not-for-profit organization has a program here, which we call Standing People Together. And the aim of Standing People Together is to do a number of different things, which bring people to people, um, connect people to people and people to nature. So we do a lot of different programs. Um, and, and this is an example of the, the connecting people to people. And we really um, hope, you know, people will be able to come on Sunday of all different ages. You know, I'd love to see children there who are interested in just kind of having some fun. We're going to do a color workshop. What does that mean? We want to 
no, we want to find the color of the characters. Um, and thinking about their grandparents, you know, why, why is granny saying funny things to me nowadays? We sometimes just don't understand and we push these ideas aside. I myself lost my mother to dementia uh, four years ago. And I can tell you, you know, it's, it's an awful thing to go through. And sometimes we just don't understand it. We don't know about it. And we don't know how to talk to each other about it. And when we did our first play reading back in June, we had a lovely um, group of people come and share their wisdom what it was like to be somebody who was losing their memory, what it was like to live with people, what it was like to be a carer of people like this, um, how to take care of ourselves as a community and watch out for people who might be in a house somewhere on their own, losing their memory and we don't even know. Um, and so we talked about all of these things then in June and we got such wonderful ideas to get us going and this is the next stage. And that's, is that the sort of thing you're, you're hoping to get from those who attend on Sunday as well in terms of input from the, the audience? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to know about those things to, to enjoy and kind of join in. But we'll be going through a series of um, exercises uh, where the actors will be, you know, perhaps rehearsing a, a little part of the scene. And we'll get the audience to join in and help them. Um, what, what, what is he really trying to say there? What's he not saying? What's he saying between the lines? Um, and they can kind of, you know, uh, come in and, and voice their opinion. They can actually get on onto the, the stage, if you were, and, and shout and laugh and scream and cry what this person would actually be saying and doing if they could, um, rather than being constrained um, by the words of the play or what have you. Um, so, yeah. We would love people with any kind of experience or exposure to some of the issues around memory and memory loss, um, but also just anybody interested in seeing how we develop character, how we develop plays. And it's not something that you normally see. You don't get inside the rehearsal room very often. You see the finished product, um, and that might be quite interesting for people to see as well. And then the the uh, ultimate output of this, I mean, that's what you're doing on Sunday, uh, this Sunday afternoon, uh-huh. uh, 2.30 uh-huh. at HPAC. But then ultimately, the the final production will be taking place in December. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So we're going to do an evening show on the 8th of December and a matinee on the 10th of December, also in uh, Hurleyville and um, Performing Arts Center on, in the ballroom. And so that will be the, the culmination of our work. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of work, a lot of rehearsals. For just two performances, maybe we'll do more. <laughs> and if somebody actually attends uh, both this weekend and then again in December for the final performances, they'll get to see, uh, you know, the, the transformation of the piece. Well, that's right. Yeah. And if they came in June, they would see the, 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 the beginning. You know, we were reading, we were just reading scripts. Um, Sunday, you know, you can see right inside the scenes the deep work that you do with two people just saying a few lines and, and how they kind of develop the relationships and their characters. And then in December, yeah, the full performance. And you'll be able to see how those scenes have transformed into what they become and how they form part of the whole show and how the characters kind of move with their characterizations like through the show. You know, he's angry here, he's sad here. Um, you know, the development of relationships, the demise of relationships, and so on. We're talking about the interactive rehearsal workshop for Half-Life that is happening this Sunday afternoon at HPAC in Hurleyville. It's at 2.30. Uh, this is a free workshop performance, and we've been talking to the co-director of Half-Life, Caroline Bailey. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. That's going to do it for the local edition tonight. I want to thank our guests. I want to thank you, listener, for listening. It's going to do it for the local edition for the whole weekend. But that's not it for our fall fun drive. That's still rolling on. We've got the daily up next. After that, we've got the mixtape with Jason Tugat live in our studios and Rare Pair Radio with Cassie Carlson live in our studios. We are going to be looking for your support this evening. Don't wait. You can make a donation in honor of any of the programs I just mentioned or this little program right here, the local edition. Just go to WJFFradio.org. WJFFradio.org or give us a call. 845-482-4141. Donate now. 845-482-4141. Thank you so much. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. You're listening to Radio Catskill. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to play WJFF Radio Catskill. On a recent Wait, Wait, the Solicitor General of the United States, Elizabeth Prelagar, showed us how she wins her arguments in front of the Supreme Court. Wow. Um, okay. This one, I think I'm going to go... A, unless that one's not right. right. (laughs) I'm Peter Sagal. This week, we'll see how best-selling author James Patterson handles our quiz on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the news quiz from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill. Support comes from the Creek House Grill. Fresh food, drinks, and cocktails on the Delaware River in Calicoon, New York. Menu and hours at thecreekhousegrill.com. From the Forestburg Playhouse, live entertainment in the Sullivan Catskills since 1947, with musicals, plays, cabaret, arts education, concerts, special events, and more. Tickets at fbplayhouse.org. WJFF, Jeffersonville, W233AH, 